Wait for it. Wait for it. And we're live. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just a couple nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, we're going to introduce this topic. So first, before we do, Randolph is, Randy's going to introduce himself. But before that, I want you to know that we're doing this episode purely for the fact that when Randy reached out and said, hey, do you mind sharing this around with some of the middle sci-fi people you know? I looked at it because I do that before I'll share things. I'm like, holy shit, $250 just fell out of my pocket and into his game. Well, now I need it to be a tax write-off. If we put him on the podcast, we can write this off as a business expense. And so, you Oh, and then he sends it to me. And now I'm out 146 bucks. Right. We're, we're doing this just to justify like our gaming addiction and uh, to be able to write it off on taxes. So thank you for helping us out, Mr. IRS man. <laughs> and with that being said, Randy, could you introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers? Hi, uh, my name is Randy Johnson. Um, just uh, a few things about me had the love science fiction, uh, love fantasy have from um, goodness. I remember the first fantasy books, this sci fantasy books I picked up um, was the tripod trilogy back when I was in elementary school and just away it went um, from them. Love all sorts of different things. Uh, for me, some of my biggest things are tabletop games, something like what we're going to talk about today with uh, Acheron's Fall, which is an offshoot of the Infinity Universe. Um, other things like Heavy Gear Blitz, uh, love all sorts of different sci-fi series. My personal favorite is the Galaxy's Edge series by Nick Cole and Jason Asbach. Um, just love them pick the first one up as i was fly uh, on a kindle sale flying to europe with my elder daughter and <laughs> haven't looked back since um live in the denver metro uh with my wife and one of my daughters my other daughter is off at university having a lovely time um both of whom are also huge science fiction and fantasy fans um one of in most recent one of the best uh science fiction kind of proud dad moments I had was my wife and other daughter were traveling, visiting family. I was home with my younger daughter and I said, Hey, it's a treat. Um, I'll take you to a movie. Do you mind going and seeing, I'd like to see Dune again. Do you mind going and seeing with me? And she's like, sure. So we went. And as soon as we walked out of the theater, she was like, they have another showing tonight, right? We can watch it again tonight. Right. And I was like, that's a little much she's like, when did the next one come out? And so, and uh, yeah, so for her, being able to do the Atreides salute like Duncan does before they go in and having an, uh, a call and response in our house, KTF, and then she'll respond always KTF Leach. Just some of the different things that we do here. Nice. This is the way. All right. So, so, so say we all, uh, we'll get all nerdy. Uh, because shiny. You know, yeah. As much as we, mm, Twix or Nethers, uh, as much as we, Family friendly, stop, JR. Um, <laughs> so, as much as we like you, we do have to ask you the religion question. Although you could probably get it wrong, and we'll let you stay because you're you're nerdy enough. But are you ready for this, sir? I am. Star Wars, Star Trek, or Firefly? Uh, for me, gonna have to be Star Wars. Um, just love the the original trilogy so much. Um, remember playing when I was. Oh, five or six with my cousin and my grandparents front lawn and we were playing out like it was the final battle from uh, it was the battle of Endor from return of the Jedi and just so much fun there. Okay. And because we are polytheistic, sir, game of Thrones, wheel of time 
or Chronicles of Narnia? Because Chronicles of Narnia had at least a, yes, it fell off, but had a decent screen adaptation. And because um, never read anything Game of Thrones, and because one wheel of time towards the end of it, it was a matter of, I have to sh suffer through six, three, 650 pages of just so much long-wittedness for 50 pages that almost pays off, but not quite. And then the not goodness that, in my opinion, I know some folks like it, the not goodness that is the screen adaptation of Wheel of Time, I have to go Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. All right. So, solid answers. Solid answers. We accept all of them. Uh, because we are civilized here, we are no longer knuckle-dragging chocolates-ish. Uh, coffee or tea, and how do you take it? Um, actually, I don't drink either coffee or tea. The hot beverage that, if I'm going to have one that I typically enjoy, is um, mate from, excuse me, from Argentina and Brazil. And I have it traditionally. I have um, a wood photo with the bombicha at the end. And um, my personal brand is Rosamonte Especial, which is one that they age for two years, but whole nine yards with the, the stems and everything and in the photo with the mobiles and just pouring the hot water over the top. Never had that. Sounds Never good. had that. Um, but we're going to pretend we know what you're talking about because we are cultured. And we're gonna we're gonna say that's acceptable because send the hate mail to Madam Stabby if you if you know what that is. Because <laughs> all right, was that something you grew up drinking or when you were uh, traveling the world as a younger man that you figured out? Um, that was something that I discovered when I uh, when I was a, a missionary in Bolivia for two years. Um, Southern Bolivia has a lot in common with Argentina and Uruguay. It has. They call them Monteros there, but it's much the same gaucho culture. And so they'll drink it a lot. And I first picked it up there and just have done it off and on since then. So I've gone through probably a good dozen bombichas, which is uh, the straw with a filter at the end, because you actually put the loose leaf into your wooden cup and pour the hot water over it and drink it up through that. I've gone through easily a dozen bombillas and, and the poros and things like that. So, yeah. So outstanding, outstanding. All right. And so uh, before we dive into the game that brought us here, and we're going to show that commercial you you have on the game crowdfunding site, all of which will be linked in the show notes. How, Like, obviously, you, you talked about how you evolved from an early age to be a nerd. But how did you decide to go from, I like playing the games, I like reading the things, I like watching the things, to, yeah, I kind of want to create a universe and design games in it. Like, that's a huge leap for most people. And most people don't don't take that final step. Um, well, on this on this game, I personally haven't fully taken that step. I am helping um, and collaborating on on this game, and it was just a matter of that background and the idea of going ahead and seeing how does it go ahead and come together. What are the different things? Um, because this particular game, Acheron's Fall, it's set in the Infinity Universe um, of Corvus Belli. Both Ramper, the company that is crowdfunding Acheron's Fall, and Corvus Belli are Spanish companies, pretty much from the opposite extremes of the country. Corvus Belli is in, um, in Galicia, and Ramper is in the Balearic Islands. Um, but just looking at it and seeing and having the opportunity to, to know some of the folks and to meet some of the folks who are behind the game and, um, and have a good relationship with them, and then as they're having projects to be able to go ahead and, one, help with translation, um, since I'm fortunate enough to speak, uh, speak, read, and write both Spanish, English, and, um, sorry, English, Spanish, and Portuguese. 
to help with that aspect and helping with some of the background and some of the just some of the play testing and, and providing an additional um, additional point of view. It's something that's just has been interesting looking at it. And um, it's the kind of thing that down the line, I'd like to go ahead and, and perhaps help and build something from scratch, but just the opportunity to be be part of it and help make it happen. It's just been so rewarding. So since we're here to talk about the game, the universe is larger and we're gonna talk about that in a minute, but what would you say the mm -hmm. age range for this game that we brought you here is? Uh, you're probably going to be looking at starting it with um, the lowest range I would put is probably going to be about 10 to 12. That's really where um, you're going to have a good a good attention span where where a youngster is going to be able to go ahead and, and jump onto it. Um, there's a decent amount of moving parts, which I love because it brings it in. Um, I can say definitively that um, uh, academically inclined and, and nerd inclined teenagers are going to enjoy it. Got the the test copy, went ahead and got everything painted up. And to go ahead and familiarize myself a little bit more with it, I've played several games um, with my daughter who's here, um, who's here at home uh, with us. And at first, like, sure, Dad, I'll play with you. And when her poisonous, her venomous tree frog of death uh, shot its railgun right into the stern of my ship and just went right through it like a hot knife through butter, she was like, what are we playing again? We played again. I managed to beat her finally, but barely. And then we've had a chance to play some other times and she just smokes me off the board. And so having a, a it, so for teenagers on up, it's, it's going to be great. It, it brought her in. She's like, I like this. I want to play this more. This is a lot of fun. Okay. That's pretty cool. Tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the larger universe that this falls into the uh, infinity. Certainly. Uh, so infinity is a tabletop game by Corvus belly. It's, I'm going to be slightly off on age right now. It's around 15 years old. Um, it's set approximately 175 to 180 years in humanity's future. Uh, humanity's expanded off world and has populated multiple systems. Earth, all of the major powers have left, don't have capital on Earth. They still have representation, but they moved on. And humanity has coalesced into um, several large power blocks. There's Panoceania. The faction that I principally play in is we shoot everything the best, and Panoceania's philosophy is um, apply ballistic attacks of increasing caliber and damage until the problem is solved. Uh, Panoceania, which is built on built on uh, India and the Philippines, Indonesia, Chile, uh, Brazil, has Neoterra, Acontecimento, Aruna, Sfralheima, and part of Paradiso. Uh, Yuxing, which is uh, future China, has representation still on Earth and has twin systems. Um, Shentang and I, I don't play them and I always like to beat them, so I've forgotten their other world. Um, then there is Hakislam, which is the modern Islam on their planet of Borak. Uh, there are the nomads, which are, for lack of a term, you could say they're spacefaring gypsies. Um, they have three huge um not quite world ships but huge ships that have millions of residents um corrigidor which grew from a prison um they have uh tunguska which is run um by the underground and is a haven for information and then bakuni which is hedonism brought to life and also has the black labs of praxis where some of those advanced technology 
but this uh, some of the darkest things come out for folks of the um, for fans of the Galaxy's Edge universe. Um, Bakunin, especially in the Black Labs, would fit very much onto a Savage Hulk. Um, and then uh, there is the uh, Human World of Dawn, which was the original uh, the original colony sent out through the wormhole. Unfortunately, the wormhole collapsed, so they were cut off, and they've built and their culture has built up. And there is uh, a Russian slash Cossack nation. It's all one nation, but the Russian slash Cossack area. Um, a U.S. Ariadna, which sees itself as the 51st state and whose military is um, the security for the colony ship was provided by the 75th Ranger Regiment. And so all of the U.S. Ariadna units are Ranger Regiments, is Hell what yeah. they call themselves. Then there's the, the French, a Merovingia, and then there are the Scots of Caledonia. Um, then there's an AI called Aleph which has its aspects and has its troops, um, some of which are based on Vedic and Indian mythology. Um, but then it also has to fight the enemy, the alien enemies of the combined army. It has the Greek heroes of Achilles and uh, Achilles and Agamemnon and Teucer and Ajax the Great. And then finally you have the aliens of the combined army. It's an evolved intelligence of the Irrationalists. Um, the Irrationalists is a people that wanted to achieve transcendence to go ahead and leave the physical universe behind. Um, and then, uh, so they built an artificial intelligence that achieved uh, the level of transcendence, looked at the civilization that built it and said, y'all are evil, I'm gone. So it left. And then they, they decided to build um, an evolved intelligence, which took all of their own personalities and blended them together and has yet to be able to achieve transcendence. And so it travels the universe, the galaxy, um, conquering and bringing new civilizations into the fold, trying to get a transcendence, a transcendence project going. Um, and so humanity is fighting against the evolved intelligence. Wow. I'm pretty sure that was the abridged version you gave us too, right? So, somewhat, yeah. somewhat, yes. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, it's a lot of factions. Lot, a lot of sides to choose from, I guess. So, so yeah, Space Rangers. You said Space Rangers, 75th Ranger Regiment, my, uh, my old unit. So, hell yeah. So, yep, Nick went all, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Say Nick went all oh, okay, so, yeah. about the Rangers. And I'm here when you said pris, uh, prison colony. I'm like, oh, so Space Australia or Space Georgia for the Americans. <laughs> um, Yes, very, very much so. Is Corregidor was specifically um, in the lore. Corregidor was specifically built. There were um, in drug wars in South America after a uh, uh, basically a busload of kids, uh, the rich and famous, was attacked by narco um, by narco guerrillas. Um, they went ahead, is all of the worlds of the country decided. You know what? We're going to go ahead um, and we're going to make a um, we're gonna make a prison in space and that's where we're gonna send them all and so they sent them all to space um with various crises eventually the um the organizations and the countries that had built corregidor they lost they lost financing and so people who were displaced as humanity built orbital elevators to get to more efficiently get to space folks who were displaced there they were settled in corregidor and when the countries that had been paying for it um had to go ahead and cut off um, their funding, the the warden and the um, the governor of Corregidor is still called the warden. The governor looked at all of the different prisoners that were there and said, 
you know what, you're going to get to work. Um, some of you are um, have lots of friends on the outside, and so they had what they called the red auction of Corregidor, and they said, okay, here is prisoner so and so. Whoever wants him, by this time, tell us how much money you're going to give him. And some folks had their freedom bought by their friends and by their um, by their cartels, by their criminal gangs. Some folks were bought by a rival criminal gang and put to death. Um, and one of the yeah, one of the big things was is the warden looked, and there was a um, a particularly violent but effective, uh, a violent but very very um, intelligent and um, had been quite effective till he was betrayed by his own terrorist called the Mexican general Juan Sarmiento. He looked at him and said, "You're going to build, um, you're going to build my forces because we're on our own. We have to be able to defend ourselves." Um, you have carte blanche, go through everyone we have, build this, build this military force so we can go and defend ourselves. And so he did. And they became one of the, um, they're known, that particular part of the nomad nation is known for um, space repairs and is known also for, for their military. Um, they'll go ahead and contract out and serve as mercenaries and other forces and go and defend themselves. So you mentioned, uh, in addition to the Infinity System, that there was something called the Corvus Belly. So what is that? Sorry, Corvus Belly is the company that makes Infinity. Um, they have Infinity as their their primary universe. Um, they have a a battle arena game called Odyssea, also set within within Infinity. Um, they've had a couple other Kickstarter games, and they're getting ready to go ahead and launch a fantasy universe called Warcrow. Um, hmm. as well through their company. That's pretty interesting. I'll have to keep an eye on them. So are, so what's the relationship between Corvus Belly and uh, Ramper Design? Uh, Ramper Design is originally began as fans uh, of Corvus Belly. Um, Corvus has a yearly tournament, and so Ramper would go, and they would play one of Ramper's earlier games um, called Takure, which is Cyber Rugby, Cyber 7th Rugby. Oh, I like um, it. It came about. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun as well. It had its genesis in the world, uh, on the world of Ariadna, the American, Scottish, Russian, French planet in Infinity. Um, there are werewolves. They're called dog warrior. They're called um, dog warriors and dog faces. They're they're basically werewolves, um, and they play rugby. It's called dog ball. And so Ramon Perez, the the creator of Ramper Design, he developed a a dog ball game. And kept developing it and made it his Takure Cyber Rugby, rugby game and just continuing to develop, has that close relationship with Corvus Belly. And folks have been looking at and Corvus has been wanting to go ahead and put together um, a space game. And they went ahead and they were talking, uh, Ramper said, hey, we have some of these ideas. What do you think? Corvus was like, this is awesome. Yes, here's, go ahead and license it. We'd love to support you making this game. And so that's how uh, that's how Acheron's fall came about. Jared, looks like you're out some money with the uh, space rugby. And now uh, I'm probably gonna have to buy another. Wait, is that in England? I'm sorry. Is the space rugby because this company's in uh, Hispanic company? Well, Spanish and Portuguese. So is is the game in English? The space rugby. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, they have a. Uh, uh, a Terriamorph team, which is basically Beast Warriors. They have a cheetah, a wolf, a gorilla. There's Yamato, which is kind of like a samurai team. They have Dorakin, which is um, 
the basically the bike gangs from Akira. Um, they have SIC, which is um, Section 9 from Ghost in the Shell, the various parts of that universe. And then they have the Islanders team, which is um, which is the Pacific Islanders team. One of the characters is uh, one of the miniatures and characters is literally uh, Jonah Lomu in, uh, <laughs> on the Islander team. So uh, I will get with you offline to get the link to that. I'll have to look into that. Um, for reasons, I'm sure we Thank can. Thank God it's in English. So JR's not hitting me up at one o'clock in the morning. Like, hey, man, what's this word? I'm like, is it Spanish or Portuguese? I think it's Spanish. Okay. I know a little of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. The tax man is going to be like, I don't understand all these games. How is this work related? I'm like uh, reasons, man. Reasons. All right, but Just now we're ten percent. Yeah, right. Uh, it's it's for research purposes or something. Um, we're going to show this commercial, the, the explanation on the game crowdfunding website that Randy put together. Let you watch that, and then we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about the game itself that brought us here. So we're going to do that right now. Hi everyone, there, and welcome on board to the Ultimate Tactical Fleet Engagement board game. Welcome to Asheron's Fall. Vice Admiral Clans Kaufman, Commander of the Fifth Fleet, speaking. I want to say something, and I want you to listen carefully. You may die today, yes. However, we will all die for the same thing. Humanity's survival. They don't want us to fight together, united. And that's what we need to change. We will die satisfied, and we will hold the Dark Lady's hand with pride, because we will have given our lives for the highest honor, to give humanity one more second. We will give our everything to stop the apocalypse. And united, we will prevent Asheron's fall and the end of humanity! This new amazing board game developed by Ramper Design takes place in the universe of Infinity from Corvus Belli. Infinity is a skirmish war game set about 200 years in a possible future, where the human race has divided into different factions and superpowers looking for resources throughout the space. Of course, as always happens, some alien factions are around with evil intentions. One of the most important places of confrontation in this space against this new threat to humanity is the Asheron's Gate, where one of the biggest human fleets ever, formed by an alliance of human factions, is constantly engaged in fight holding the line against the alien combined army. So this war is what we will be part of in this game, placing ourselves in the human or alien side uh, we'll play the role of a fleet captain from our big common bridge, managing different resources from the ships under our control, such as the energy flow, the ship crew, the weaponry, the tactical strategies and the damage crisis. The common panels uh, simulate all this kind of management stuff. 
This other panel is called the Inertial Mass Effect Panel and it will help the captains to keep tracking on the inertia of the ships while moving through the empty space and thus figure out to which propeller send energy in order to change direction or speed. Be careful because shooting also affects the inertia. A lot of different stuff is involved in these fights, like other bigger or smaller ships, artificial intelligent missiles, asteroids, hacking systems and much more. Everything is represented by high quality miniatures, detailed tokens, cube counters and cool cars. Everything included in the core box. Asheron's Fall can be played competitively 1 vs 1 with an expected duration of 1 hour per game or like a multiplier game up to 8 captains that each one will have to choose between the human defenders or the attacking aliens. There will be also included many different game objectives and scenarios adding some flavor to the experience. Here you can see the main core factions represented in each one of the boxes of the campaign and much more to come with the aim of getting as many infinity factions represented as possible. So, this is an overview of Asheron's Fall, already available at GameFound Campaign. There's more info at Ramper Design social media. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I love the artwork on it. Yeah, the artwork was amazing. The video was good. Uh, we appreciate you watching that uh, with us. I just thought that was the best way to kind of show you what was going on. Um, so the um, yeah, I just it was too cool not to not to use it. But with that being said, so you saw if you're listening, first off, uh, we appreciate you sitting through the commercial that whatever Spotify ads. But I really do think you should you should check out the video versions, Rumble, YouTube, BitChute. Uh, it's worth yeah. watching the video. Uh, if you don't want to do that and go back, you could definitely go over to the uh, crowdfunding website, which will be linked in the show notes, and you could look at look at there at all the images. But with that being said, so that is the game. Um, when you talked about in the well, whoever was in the video, when they talked about the expansion, um, is that something that would be addition to the game, or would it be new games in the same space? Like, what would the expansions look like? The expansion is going to be expanding the game itself. Um, the core box uh, right now in the crowdfunding campaign, the core box is going to have a total of eight, uh, six ships. I'm sorry, seven ships as it currently stands. Um, you'll have a Pano cruiser, a Pano frigate, um, a Yujing uh, cruiser, and a Yujing destroyer. You'll have um, an evolved intelligence cruiser and an evolved intelligence destroyer and a Morat assault frigate. Um, those are the seven core ships. Then there are two expansion boxes, the blockade runners, which in, so in the Acheron's fall blockade is there's the first line of defense, which is the heavy cruisers of Pano and Yujing, since they're the, the largest nations, those heavy cruisers manning the line. Um, as enemy ships exit the wormhole, um, they'll go ahead and come online and engage them. 
ships then that managed to escape and get through and start moving into humanity space into the paradiso system um they then will be engaged by the forces by the blockade runner forces um those will be hawk islam the nomads um o12 the space un and then ariadna those are the, some of the faster quicker smaller ships so less less weaponry to bring to bear um but they're able to go and then track those ships that leak through um, and go ahead and, and attack them and bring them down. And then the final expansion is aptly titled The Final Wave. And those are other of the conquered, na conquered nations from the Evolved Intelligence, um, the Shazvasi Stealth Destroyer, an extra fleet character um, to go ahead and launch swarms of fighters. Um, those are going to have an Onyx, Onyx Contact Force um diplomatic ship and the onyx contact force is uh diplomacy in force it's more a matter of i'm going to punch you in the mouth and in the mouth again and again until you fall down and once you've fallen down then we're going to go ahead and talk about how you're going to go ahead and uh surrender and then uh a sigma um symbio slash bio frigate and so the blockade runners and the final wave those then are the expansion nice. and so they're their expansion boxes within the same game. And then after this game finishes, you know, whatever expansions are a part of the stretch goals, what um, would more be available in the future? Or is this a one and done game? Sometimes they, they make a game and that's it. Sometimes they support more and more and more. So where do you see this going? The hope is to be able to support more and more and more. Um, cannot say definitively obviously but based on the success um that we've seen in in the first two days we're um 40 we're 52 hours and 17 minutes into the crowd coming funding campaign um as we record this the hope and the idea is yes to have more down the line um and the success that we're seeing makes that more and more likely again not guaranteed but that is the that is the idea to go ahead and keep supporting it um, going down the line. Okay. So do you see, um, more in the universe? I mean, obviously if you go look at the Corvus, uh, website, you will find, um, uh, that the infinity system also looks like it has a graphic novel more on the manga style design. Um, is there going to be more mm -hmm. in the universe or are they going to stick primarily to games? Um, Ramper for Ramper will stick more to the game itself. Um, Corvus Belly has, um, does periodically go and commission and bring out uh, manga and they're constantly, it's a, a constantly evolving and growing system. Um, they just recently, I'm oh, sorry, about three years ago, released the fourth edition of the game, uh, the Infinity main game. There are new releases coming out every month. Um, they have a, Infinity has a defined tournament system, the, Infi the ITS Infinity tournament system that's on its 15th iteration. Um, they're constantly evolving the game through that. The idea, um, and the idea now more crystallized into an actual plan for Ramper is to have a um, a tournament system, and as Axel in the video mentioned, um, to have scenarios and things like that to go ahead and play within Ramper and within Acheron's Fall for that to continue to grow as well. So, what is the tournament system for those of us that don't know? For the Infinity tournament system. Um, they have an online tournament manager and their events happening all the time throughout the world. Uh, lots of them here in the U S um, 
Many areas will have a large a large yearly tournament uh, here in the Denver Metro. Ours is called the Krug. Um, it's kind of gone up and down. We've had some of our smaller iterations of it in recent years have only been about 50 folks or so. We've had ones up to 80. Um, Pre-COVID, there was a, a very large tournament in Albuquerque called the Rumble on Route 66 that their last iteration had something like uh, 160 players. Um, but you go ahead and you get matched. Typically, a tournament's going to be three rounds, and you'll have three rounds um, out of this certain point level. Um, various missions that you have to go and accomplish. It's not just kill or be killed. Um, one of the current missions that they have for the ITS is called Last Launch. And basically, what you have to go ahead and do is evacuate your forces. And so you have to go and get your forces to um, a central room in the center of the board, go ahead and download uh, um, an ID code for every one of your troopers, and then evacuate your troopers off the board. And depending on how many of your troopers you evacuate, how many of your opponent's troopers you manage to keep from evacuating, you go ahead and score your points, and we'll go and look at it, and you'll win win prizes and um, go move up and down the the United States, the United States, Spain, or rest of the world rankings, and then also have someone who is at the top rankings. The biggest tournaments are called satellite tournaments because if you win one of those satellite tournaments, you get an automatic entry to Corvus Belli's Corvus Belli's yearly uh, interplanetary tournament, which is held in Vigo, Spain, in typically um, end of August, beginning of September, to go and play against some of the best players in the world. So are these tournaments online or are they in person? They're in person. Um, for some of the bigger ones, typically it'll be held at a, um, at a, ho at a hotel or uh, uh, an event space. And typically run two days, have three rounds in the first day and then two rounds in the second day um, in person. And they're much more, and they're also a nice big social event. Um, all of us now have long-standing friendships with folks. For example, it's it's kind of like a um, a little bit of a, a science fiction convention for each of us. We'll see folks we might have not seen in a year. Um, people will play their play their games roughly between about ten o'clock in the morning and six o'clock at night, and everyone goes to lunch together. And then people will go out and figure out where dinner dinner is going to be. And usually, since it is in a hotel or something like that, people come back. We'll go ahead and have, sit around talking, having drinks at the hotel bar and the hotel lobby. Um, and generally speaking, we'll go to bed midnight-ish if it's an early night and then get, oh, come exactly back together in the morning. <laughs> that's yep. 100% a convention right there. Yep. So go ahead, Nick. Uh, I was just saying, if I ever go to one, which because they sound cool because I like conventions, I'm wearing my liege helmet. Um, you'll, you'll be recognized. I, um, I know at, at the tournament that I go to in Salt Lake, it wasn't this past year. Um, I could not go cause my daughter's graduating high school and it's like, no way, no how am <laughs> I going to right. even broach the subject? Um, not year, not last year, but 2021, um, we actually, it was actually held at a, um, a ski resort resort that was just coming off season. And mm -hmm. I, I know I saw another lead from Arizona there because um, had, had a, a Legion t-shirt and a Legion ball cap on. So, yeah, I'm still trying to get Walt to make uh, Liege Ranger panties, the running shorts, <laughs> with, with just the Legionnaire symbol on there. And I don't know why he fights me so much on it. He 
one of us, you know. Okay. So do you have to, in order to play Asheron's Fall, do you have to have played the Corvus Belly Infinity game? You do not. Um, it informs on the lore and things like that, but it is in no way, shape, or form is it a requirement. Okay. Oh, good. So, you can just jump right in. So this game, uh, your crowdfunding for whatever strange reason is only 15 days. So we're airing at like day five. So there's probably like 10 days left when you're listening to this to back it. But this is, you know, we, we get people that listen to episodes sometimes years later. So when the crowdfunding, because it's already been backed, like if you back mm-hmm. it, it's a guarantee you're getting your thing. There's no, there's no risk at this point. Like literally hours in and they were like three times. You're getting the game. Yeah, you're getting yeah. the game. But assuming you don't catch this episode in time and you don't hear about it, how can they um, get the game after the fact? Um, there will be one, there will be a late crowdfunding. Um, it's not set in stone. It's likely going to be most likely March, could be April of next year. Additionally, uh, Ramper, when they crowdfunded um, Takure, is it has since then also become a retail project, uh, a retail available for retail through their website. Okay. And so if you are listening to this down the line, um, I can't say with certainty, but I can say with 99, 99.9% confidence that if you hear this down the line, you say, Hey, this sounds cool. Um, visit Ramper design. We'll make, as JR already mentioned, we'll make sure that their uh, website and their social media is available in the, the description and almost certainly be able to go to the website and be able to order the game. Okay. So you said the game, um, the Asheron's Fall at least, generally takes about one hour to play-ish if you're playing mm-hmm. with one person, according to the video. Now, do you recommend as far as like, you know, news starting out to do the one versus one or to get multiple captains? Like, what would your advice be to new players who saw this and said, this looks cool. I'm going to be like JR and drop $250 because why not? Hashtag business expense. Uh what, what advice would you give to new players? Definitely, I would say go ahead and start it with um, start at one on one. At the one on one level with the core box, you're going to be running um, probably two or three ships um, versus each other. If we, I'm I'm going to presume that we reach the goal, and so you're going to have a total of probably um, eight um, eight ships in that core box is go ahead and put together three on the human side, three on the alien side, and go ahead and play those um, to go ahead and get a feel. You can also back it back down to two or just having a one-on-one duel uh, to understand some of the mechanics has been really fun with uh, with my daughter, especially because the ship that she's picked, the Eugene Destroyer, is very quick. It's very nimble. Its gun is disgustingly powerful. It's a, it's a railgun mass driver that just blast through shields and so being able to go ahead and maneuver and things that to go ahead and get wrap your head around the um the inertial mass effect um doing that and then you can expand out to the two or 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 the three and then you can go and add more folks in the great thing about the core game um is that you'll be able to go ahead as you've learned the mechanics as you started to uh you understand the game then you can go ahead and you, you can expand it out to have more people playing together so we mentioned that the ships come in the the pack. Uh, what level of um, create? Like, uh, do you have to put the ships together? Do they come together? Do you have to paint them? Do they come like? Wh- what can we expect from the actual pieces? 
Um, the ships themselves almost certainly will come in in one single piece. Um, some of them might come in, for example, like in two pieces. That's unlikely. Um, the uh, the prototypes were all one single piece. Um, you they did come unpainted, and so um, you want to you'll want to go and prime them and paint them. They and I think I really feel um, like an Unfur found a, a great place for them because they have enough detail that they're really fun to paint. But it's not a matter of oh my goodness, there's all these tiny details. There's all these things that I have to go and try and do. I'm I'm overwhelmed by what I'm trying to do. There's enough detail to be really enjoyable, but not so much that it's that it's overwhelming. Um, go ahead and go and paint those. You will have to go ahead. I went ahead and glued um, the flight stand into them, and then I set them in the base. Um, but that's the extent of the, the assembly that you have to go ahead and do. Okay. I am going to be the uh, guy that rocks the unpainted version because I've got none of those hand-eye coordination skills yet left. Uh, one too many TBI concussions. But uh, for those <laughs> of you who like to paint, you should take pictures of it and, uh, and tag uh, Ramper Design so they can see your finished product. Because uh, I'm, I'm guessing the sky's the limit with your, your ability to get the, uh, the final look. So do you uh, do the ships come named or is there room for players to name their own ships? You can definitely name your ships. They come with a class name. For example, the Panoceania cruiser is a Sumeru class cruiser. Um, the Eugene destroyer is a Shubaji class uh, destroyer. So the class will be named, but you can go ahead and, and name them as you would like. Okay. Lovely. So is there... Um, the ability, like some some tabletop type games, once you have the core rule set, there is definitely room to, you know, 3D print your own stuff and add to the game to expand it, you know, on your own. And you, some of them will have the templates to, to create the stat blocks. Is that something this game did or are you kind of just stuck with whatever the base ships are? Um, there's not yet something to be able to go and expand expand it out like that. One of the things is already unlocked through the stretch goals is for the same hull. Um, there are different types. For example, um, there will be an alternate um, configuration of the Panoceania Sumeru class cruiser than rather than the heavy energy cannon, which is just obliterate ships that get caught in its fire. Um, to be able to go ahead and mount large quantities of drone fighters instead. Um, additionally, all of your ships are gonna have some level of, some ability of, of customization because it's a matter of, you'll have, okay, you've picked your hull, um, you've picked your hull, you've picked your, well, go ahead and you've picked your hull, you've picked your block. So it's a Sumeru block two, which is the drone type. And so you'll be able to pick what kind of drone fighters you're gonna send out, um, some ability to go ahead and choose what are some of the captain's abilities you have, um, Additionally, in Infinity, um, there is there's hacking. They call it Quantronic Combat that happens in in cyberspace, and so there's also ability to go ahead and have um, cyberspace attacks. So there's ability to go ahead within a point system, choose your hull, choose parts of your loadout, choose what captain you're having, and what additional things you're going to go ahead and do for your ship so you can customize it within within your loadout. So you can hack enemy ships in this game. Yes. That is fucking awesome. So so let's be clear. When you say you can adjust the load out of the ships, the miniature figure is going to be the same. The stat block is mm -hmm. different. 
Yes, some of the weapons you're going to have because the weapons aren't the weapons are on cards themselves. They're not on the control panel, and so you'd be able to go and swap them out. Okay, because the the last thing you want is to glue everything together and then realize next time I want to play it slightly different, and you know, no, your your visual representation is going to be set. Um, Nick, in addition to being able to hack enemy ships, um, there will be uh, there is ramming, um, oh, yes. and things like that. The Morat, the Morat culture of the aliens, um, they are they're an extremely militaristic culture. Um, the, the name Morat, the name Morat, if you were to translate into English, literally means he who kills with the left hand. Um, everything okay. in Morat culture is based on your regiment. Everything in Morat culture is based on what battles you fought in and things like that. Um, much like in Battletech the Batchel, where um, different regiments, uh, different clans will go ahead and bid who's going to attack, who's going to go and do what. Morats will do the same thing. They'll bid, we're going to go ahead and we're going to be the ones who breach. We're going to be the forlorn hope and go ahead and breach the enemy fortress and things like that. Um, so there's going to be, and the ship itself, if you look at it, its prow is armored and is shaped like a, a combat knife. Oh, nice. Um, the Morat ship. And they, additionally, there will be boarding actions. Um, in Panoceania, is, um, they've, Panoceania has revived the crusading orders of the Middle Ages. And so there are the Knights of the Hospital, um, the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre, um, the Teutonic Knights, and my favorite order, they're the Knights of Santiago. And they are, they're a, a fleet-based um, order, and they do boarding actions. So the Knights of Santiago one of their common things in the lore is they will be launched in individual stealth pods in their heavy armor to go ahead and latch onto an enemy ship, breach it, and then board it and take it over. And so you'll be able to go ahead and oh, do yeah. that in Akron's fall as well. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to play this. So which do you think is more fun? Cause you've played with your family uh, playing as the aliens or playing as the humans. Um, playing with my daughter, both times I played with the, um, I played the, the the aliens, so when I played with a when I've done some demos with friends, I went ahead and played with the humans. Um, since it is a, a prototype and we don't have all the things, I would say it's a little bit more fun. Um, I like the um, the Yujing ship a little bit more. Um, I like the Pano ship a little bit more, but that's my personal preference. Um, the Yujing ship, it's just. It's just so maneuverable and the way it moves around. My daughter literally did so with the inertial mass effect um, uh, panel is you can go and set it so that your ship is moving in, moving one way, but you're facing a different way. That's it right there. She set it up so that she slid right by my ship with her nose painted at me. And it's just as she slid by me, she fired her railgun into the side of the Morat ship and just blew it apart and wow. so it was just like i'm upset because i just got destroyed but i am so proud that you that you just got that and you did, did you that maneuvering did and just drifted um, exactly so nick when you play are you gonna do the hordor maneuver that is so stupid no <laughs> uh, there's no I, um, I feel like just twisting the knife on how much i hate that movie uh, <laughs> I couldn't and help that, and that particular maneuver. I, I'm gonna go drink myself to death now. I, I will have to say that wouldn't that wouldn't be possible because in Infinity um, is most ships um, for 
for inter-system, um, for inter-system um, travel is you go ahead and you go through wormholes. And so the energy requirements to go and enter the wormhole through the, what they call a minotaur engine, uh, they're so massive that outside of like super carriers and fleet command ships, most, even most military ships don't have um, the, don't have a, a wormhole engine mounted on, uh, mounted is there in infinity there's what's called circulars which are giant gigantic city ships that are like tens if not hundreds of kilometers long where ships go ahead and just attach to it and they're they're mobile cities and they just have their routes if they follow it's like okay we go through this wormhole and the next wormhole so that's a long way of saying the abomination that is the holdo maneuver is not possible in this game because they got to um plan the routes i got kind of like uh, guardians of the galaxy you got you got jumps that you got to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so different, I, I like that system different systems connect to different ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in some games, like, you know, the, the, the standard, like you talk to your kid, like I've talked to my son before and I'm like, Hey, do you know how to do X? Cause we're playing a video game uh, together or whatever. And he goes, no, I'll just YouTube it. Right. Cause that's his answer for research or, or bit shoot or rumble, whatever we support all the video platforms. Um, is there video content out there to help or, or some sort of resource for new players that are just struggling to get it, but they just think it was so cool. They dropped the money to buy the game. Um, we already have some that are out there. Um, I had the opportunity to appear on um, late night war game, late night war games, which is um, another gaming focused system and had a chance to really go in depth on um on how the how the movement works how weapons work um things like that on that additionally um as the in the space between okay the crowdfunding has been successful and um has closed and we're going to go now we're going to go ahead and put together that content so that folks don't feel intimidated when they go ahead and open it up it's like oh my goodness i've got my control panel and i've got my crew cubes got my, and I, we're going to have more content um, so that folks can go ahead and, and feel at ease with that. So speaking of content and feeling at ease, is there some sort of community platform? Like some, some games have discords now, some of them are starting Facebook groups, although I think kind of Facebook is dying. Is there any fan sort of player centric communities where people can join to find either people to play with or um, advice, that kind of thing? Uh, yes, there is uh, Ramper has uh, a Discord channel, um, and I'll make sure that we have the the invite and the information on that for you in the so you can put it in the description that covers their their games. Additionally, in the Infinity Discord, um, there in the Infinity Discord there is a channel for Acheron's Fall, um, and I've seen it in several of the wider Infinity ones. They've gone ahead and they've added channels for Acheron's Fall as well, so the folks can go ahead and look at that. So yes, long-winded answer is yes. There are there are fan channels and things like that. Be able to go ahead and find out where folks are and get information on it. I just realized that when I grabbed the picture of the Acheron's Fall, because that's just such a glorious image, it shows my backer number. <laughs> uh, so this was taken when he first told me about it Friday, and we put this on the books. I was like, that sounds cool. Let's get with Nick. Uh, and literally like the second it went live on Friday, I'm like, wait for it, wait for it. And then when I was processing my order, it went from zero to funded in like 
the first 15 minutes. There were a bunch of people yeah. waiting for it to go live, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, I was definitely digging the game. I like that you have the community. Um, is there a link between the game style of this and what is the Infinity Games? Are they just linked because the universe is shared or is this play style the same? Both. Um, there's the universe link. Infinity is, um, if you think about tabletop games, if you think about something like obviously um, the the 800 pound gorilla in the room, Warhammer 40K, if you think about something like, um, like, uh, like Legion, Star Wars Legion, something like that, um, they're, they're bigger games. I mean, Warhammer, you might have easily 100 models on the table for just one side. With Infinity, you're typically, um, for ITS play, is you're capped out at 15 troopers per side. Um, you might come in under that because you have your points and then your troopers, but you're capped at 15 troopers per side. And so it is. it really is still skirmish. And same thing with Akron's Fall. Rather than it being a matter of, okay, um, you've got... 10 ships on each side, it is going to be that skirmish where you've got a, a small task force within the larger fleet, or it's a matter of you have, okay, this is our sector that we're responsible for. We've got a breach. Okay, scramble and let's go to it. And so it, it is that smaller scale, that um, that skirmish element. And so it, it ties really well with Infinity that way. So is there any plans for the um, Asheron's Fall to get to ground bases as well? You ah, directly in Atron's fall, no. Um, but already in the different community platforms, folks are um, folks are talking about having it. It's a matter of saying, okay, we're going to have the fleet action in Atron's fall, and then when we have the boarding action, we're going to go and shift and have our uh, game of infinity to go ahead and play out that um, that boarding action. Okay, um, so the infinity is more of the ground combat or well troop combat because mm -hmm. obviously that can happen on space stations or in ship corridors as you try to you know steal from the enemy um and then asheron's fall and the rampart is all about the space action now this is obviously ships of the line it appears like in your tactics accordingly mm -hmm. um you mentioned the discord channel for rampart which is like the perfect place if you come up with the perfect maneuver like your daughter did and you want somewhere to brag and nerd out and get other ideas to steal from them as well which i think is kind of cool um is there plans to go i guess smaller scale in that well you know this ship might have fighters or drones or whatever where you can expand into that as well um, it's, it's been something that's been kind of talked about, but nothing, nothing concrete. There is, um, there will be, uh, fighters for, for Panoceania and for the evolved intelligence, the combined army drone fighters for a nation like hockey slum or the nomads, which are, uh, or actually more hockey slum, which is famed for their, their fighter pilots. But even then, it's going to be less a matter of, okay, we're getting now down to like the X-Wing scale of ship of fighter-to-fighter combat. It's more going to be a matter of here is a, a token or a small flight stand that represents the squadron, the squadrons that have been scrambled, not the individual fighter ships. That's still cool. Would that be incorporated into the Asheron's Fall game then instead of being something separate? Oh, yes. And that, that's something that's already going to happen is there will be uh, there will be fighter squadrons that you'll be able to go ahead and have in the game. 
Okay. Cool. I like it. So once this is done and it's, it's clearly going to get funded. So I expect you're going to get your stretch goals that you've already listed. What is the, cause I, I suspect you're going to have to add more stretch goals because you just keep going. Um, and I know I said this was going to air Monday, but I, I'm going to air it like literally as soon as we're done, this is going to go up Monday's episode. will go up on Saturday. Cause why not? So you guys have time to, to back it while it's live. What other stretch goals could you see them having to add? Cause I, like I said, I, you're, you're filling them as quick as I can read them. Um, so some of the things that are, some of the things that are planned that uh, I can mention without giving too much away. Um, in Infinity, you have the, the larger nation, and then you'll have like, um, like sub, they call them sectoros. You have sub armies within the large vanilla faction. Right. All of the vanilla, vanilla factions will be represented. Um, there's there are some which aren't yet in the game they will be um there will be further ships for the factions that are already there that will be in there um additionally in infinity they have what are called the na2 which are the non-aligned non-aligned armies um those are mercenary companies those are the independent um independent space nation of japan um there those will also be represented. And so their representatives are sitting there. Um, and so ah, more ships for more factions will will be coming out. Um, those are some of the big things. One of the things that just funded uh, for folks who enjoy it, there will be a, a tabletop simulator mod that will be released as well that they'll be able to go ahead and use. Um, and uh, more weapons, and more weapons, more uh, more things to be able to go and do with the different ships. Okay. And one of the big ones that Infinity fans are, are hoping for is the um, for the the Aleph, um, the uh, humanities artificial intelligence. Folks are really wanting to see their their representation um, for fans of Infinity. There will be Aleph rep representation. Just keep following the campaign. There, more ships um, are going going to be coming, and more things able to go ahead and add. So you used a crowdfunding platform that neither Nick or I had heard of. It was the <laughs> oh, what was it called? The I'm drawing a blank. I'm going to pull it up. One second. Game found. Yeah, game, game found. I've never heard of that. So why <laughs> there instead of any of the other platforms that are out there? Um, as Ramper was looking at it, Game Found one focused on games. Um, additionally, it's it has been used multiple times, both by Ramper and multiple times by um, Corvus Belly and, and other gaming companies as their pledge manager. And so one of the big things was rather than do something on Kickstarter, um, which is still a good platform, um, but obviously as it grows bigger, there's, as it grows, grows bigger, it grows, grows more sclerotic and stuff, and there's more like bureaucracy to navigate, whereas GameFound Focus on the gaming space. Um, also have the ability to have your pledge manager right there in it. And those were some of the bit that nimbleness, that focus on the gaming space, and the ability to have a pledge manager built in. Uh, were why Ramper decided to go with with Ground Game Found uh, rather than one of the other platforms. And was it your decision to guys to do it fifteen days? Because most of them people are kind of used to a thirty day model. Uh, they did want to go ahead and do. Um, 
do something short of they, they had success with it um, in when they did Takure and thing and things like that. And so that that was some of the thinking behind it. Um, also, additionally, the kind of thing where kind of keep it a little a little bit more focused and, and a little bit tighter to, to be able to work on it. Okay, so this closes in like 13 more days um, as of as of airing it because um, I'm gonna put it up tonight as soon as we're done with it with it closing, how long after it closes do you expect fulfillment? Uh, fulfillment looking at uh, probably this same time next year is for right. full fulfillment. actually have it in hands this time next year is the goal to to have and again as mentioned, obviously development, um, looking at stuff, looking at having perhaps a, a late pledge in March or April of next year. And then again, fulfillment to be this time next year. So when this comes out in for the late pledge next in 2024, will you reach back out to us and come back on to remind anybody who didn't see this first episode to, uh, to pimp this? Cause this sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. I would be more than happy to very much. Right, so, and so for people that aren't familiar with GameFound, because Nick and I have none, neither of us had heard about it because we were kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, this is kind of neat. Um, so how does that work for someone who's never backed a pledge like that? When you pledge it and it comes out to whatever it is, because this is based in euros, which means that there's trends like um, calculating to, to U.S. dollars for, for us Americans. Uh, does it pull the money right yeah. away or are we banking and hoping that the dollar conversion is in our favor when this process is next year? Um, what will go and happen is when the campaign closes is that's when they'll go ahead and collect the funds. Um, so if you uh, if you listen to this and you listen to um, if someone listens to you, JR, and you, Nick, talking about, yeah, this is something we want to go ahead and do. Um, when you go and you go ahead and decide to, to back, um, you will enter your payment information. Um, one of the nice things with GameFound is you can go ahead and divide it into three installments over three months. So rather than it having to be the, um, for example, on a, let's say we'll do what you talked about as your pledge, JR, the, the commander pledge, which is the core box plus both expansions. And then you mentioned that you were going with the mats. Um, and so that's a, a 215 uh, euro, uh, 200, I'm sorry, 220 euro commitment. They'll go and collect the funds at the end or you can break it up into three payments. Each of those would be uh, 67 euros each. When you go ahead and pay, GameFound gives you the option either to have them convert it, or you can leave it and can be charged. Um, you can be charged by your uh, card carrier in euros and your card your car company will go ahead and make, the, make that exchange. Um, for anyone who, like me, is fortunate enough to be a USA company, USAA, USAA customer, I'll try saying that time three times fast, <laughs> let USAA do the conversion because um, USAA gives you a great rate. Um, if it, to be honest, it is the kind of thing you're looking at a matter of maybe a couple of dollars on the exchange between having GameFound do it or having your company, your cardholder do it. It's just kind of there. And then if you have a late pledge, when you do late pledge, then it'd be a matter of they would go ahead and collect the funds at that time and go ahead and, and put them in. Okay. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Is, Wait a whole uh, year. It's like Christmas. I was thinking the same thing. So when you do the, the reopening of the, um, the pledge in next summer, is it going to be new stuff or is it just going to be for people that missed it? They can 
buy in. It'll be for people who missed it, so they can go ahead and buy in at that time. Additionally, if it's if you look at it and you're like, you know what, I'm I'm kind of on the fence between do I want to go for a commander, do I just want to do a captain? Um, when are the late pledge or when the pledge manager where you go ahead and fully allocate is like, okay, I want to make sure, okay, here's my commander that I'm getting. Yep, I definitely want the mat. Um, you know what, I want to get extra defiance or I want to get a second um, uh, final wave expansion. When you go ahead at that time, you can go ahead and add on. So if you look at it, it's like, you know what, right now, my budget is such that 85 euros for, um, the, for the core box, that's all I can do right now. You go ahead and you pledge that, you're charged at the, end of the, at the end of the campaign, move forward. Then down the line, when they open up the late pledge or when they, or at the pledge manager, you say, you know what? I decided I wanted to get everything, so I've saved up those 100 euros. Um, I wanna go ahead and add more on. You add more on at that time. You can, ex you can always expand um, down the line. Um, and coming in the core box, um, you're going to have, again, right now, it's seven ships. You're going to have the IMEs. You're going to have your uh, control panels. Um, you're going to have the alternate control panels. You're going to have all of your cubes. You're going to have the tokens for your weapons. You're going to have um, the dice to go ahead and play with. And it uses a standard D12, um, no, no proprietary dice. Um, went with red for humans and purple for the aliens. That's how I always do it. But... Um, but yeah, so you've got the dice that that you need, not proprietary, just D12s. Okay, cool. I mean, I have boxes of dice that are getting dusty right now, so they're going to get a little, about a year's worth more dust before I can break them out. But I like that the dice comes with the game too. I mean, some of us nerds have bags and bags and bags of dice, but for people that are new to nerding, uh, you know, we just got to gotta ask the questions they need to know, too, right? That, that sounds like a podcast in itself. Welcome to New to Nerding with your host, J.R. Handler. Yeah, we, we could actually probably make that happen. I mean, we're talking about all the topics and just being in general nerd chats, and we're, we're, we're here for it. So, yeah, okay. we got content for like the next four years. <laughs> I, I, at this point, things. I'm like, we've already booked through the end of season three, and I'm like, do we take a break or do we just keep going because I'm having fun? keep going um, Monday yeah, no worst, worst worst case scenario we just air an episode a day but who needs sleep right all right so the um the discord community is it more towards just basics of the rules or do you guys have like strategies is there room for strategy or is it mostly luck of the dice um there is very much room for strategy uh one of the big things is as you're going ahead so as you saw from the video there's some allocate that you go ahead and you generate energy each turn you go ahead and allocate it and that's hidden from your opponent and so if you and i are playing jr um what we'll go ahead and do is we have our ships we will have cards that go ahead and determine the initiative order of, of when our ships act um captain cards may be able to go ahead and modify that but then it's a matter of like okay we're this is the order that we go in so i go ahead you make your determinations i make mine then we reveal and we put everything into place. And so one of the things, um, and so one of the things is at, as you're planning out the strategy, um, several of the different weapon systems, they actually put a projectile on the board. And so one of the things that um, playing against my daughter that she did is she maneuvered so that she 
fired, she fired her, she knew she was too far away for her to, to get me with the rail gun on that turn, but she fired regardless to go ahead and put the projectile out in space so that I then knew, okay, I'm going to get hit with it on my next turn and I need to start maneuvering so I can go ahead and be prepared um, to, as after I've taken that hit and I hope I survive, how can I go ahead and maneuver to try to go and put her under pressure as well? Okay. It's very nautical. Well, I dig it. So you, you put into to play actual physics uh, into game consideration? Yes, very much so. And that's that's really one of the things that makes Acheron's Fall an actual space combat game as opposed to um, Age of Sail with spaceship skins. With the IME, the inertial motion, uh, inertial mass effect um, counter or panel, once I put thrust into my ship, I don't have to keep firing my thrusters to keep moving. As I have gone ahead and say, okay, I'm moving at my first velocity band, my second velocity band, or my third velocity band until and unless something else acts upon me. Either I fire my thrust, either I fire my thrusters, or I fire one of my weapon systems that has a recoil effect. Nothing's going to stop me. And so you go ahead and, and you go ahead and you keep moving. And so it can be a matter of you're moving on. Um, you can be moving on a, in uh, just your straight up and down. You can be moving on a diagonal. I can be moving this way with my ship, but I'm facing this way. And so I'm just kind of sliding along because I got, went ahead, got myself moving in this direction and then fired my thruster. So I'm facing this way to go ahead and use my weapon systems. And that's, it's really, once you wrap your head around it, and it, I'll admit, it takes a moment to go ahead and and for that to click in your head. But once it does, it's so much fun because you you sit and you think about, okay, I'm going to go ahead and shift this way. And using the Pano Cruiser, I can I fire torpedoes from amidships. I don't fire them from the from the prow of the ship. They fire from amidships. So I'm going to go ahead and turn and fire my torpedoes and use those to kind of block somebody in, and then position myself. So that I can use my forward mounted, mounted weapon systems to deliver a punishing blow on them. So there's thrusters all around the ship because you're operating in a 3D mm -hmm. space, up, down, left, right. You know everything on the X, Y, Z axis. Okay, so yeah, and so, <laughs> mm -hmm. excuse me. That's that's pretty cool because th there's some games like I remember playing uh, Star Wars Armada, and you didn't have that type of uh, uh, factor in the game. It was just like, you know, so you're, yeah, so you can maneuver your ship. So I've got my bow right here, just my my thrusters underneath and midship or whatever or wherever I need them up towards the stern. I can get in there, position, fire on top of my enemy, and just drop hell. I like it. Yeah, exactly. I like exactly. It. And so each ship, when you see, yeah, each ship when you see it on its control panel is it's going to ha it has how much thrust it can put into the rear thrusters, forward thrusters, both. Um, now we get port and starboard confused, but your uh, port and your starboard thrusters, and then your turning thrusters, your attitudinal thrusters. And okay. so, uh, yeah, and so like, for example, the the Yujing destroyer, since it is so nimble, is it you can put enough power in your attitudinal thrusters that you can flip, uh, you can do a 180 degree turn. Nice. And That's big, awesome. Yeah, the big look. Yes, <laughs> very much so. And uh, one of the funny things was is, so getting yourself moving this way, flipping, and then firing your railgun, and that so that means you just keep moving that direction. 
because you have the recoil from the railgun, but it keeps pushing you in the direction that you're going and just opening up the other the enemy ship like a can opener. And that's all controlled from the, the little boards with the pins. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yes. So when you think about space combat, I've seen it in books, I've seen it in games, I've seen it in, well, video games, I've seen it in some movies. It works really, really well. But the, the idea, if you're getting railgun fire, for instance, is there chaff you can throw up to, to slow down, deflect? Are there space mines to uh, have the people run into, you know, enemy weapons, that sort of thing? Um, chaff we've not yet talked about. Perhaps unlikely, but you do have um, point. You do have um, point defense cannons that you can go ahead and use. And so, for example, um, the human ships, the rip, the Eugene cruiser has. Or I'm sorry, Eugene destroyer has the heavy railgun, and then it has um, point defense um, uh, hyper rapid magnetic cannon. So it has point defense um, mini railguns. And as you have missiles or you have torpedoes coming at you. You can try and use those. If you've allocated energy, you can try and use those to go ahead and shoot it down. Um, each of the projectiles has a certain speed that it's traveling at. And so what you go ahead and you look at is you say, okay, this is my um, this is my skill level. Each ship has a, a certain skill level. This is my skill level. Um, and is, is my skill level high enough that my gunners can try and go ahead and shoot down the, the projectile? I'll be honest with the railgun. It's not going to happen. The railgun moves at ten. Um, nice. The railgun moves at ten. The um, as it stands right now, the the two cruisers, the Latraca EI cruiser and the Samario Pan Panoceania cruiser, their command level is um, nine for the Latraca, eight for the Pano. If they go ahead and they activate um, their um, their XO, they can add plus one or plus two and plus and plus one. So they're at 10, but it's a matter of even then it would be they'd have their target number would be zero, so they can't they can't manage to do it. Against, for example, the torpedoes that Panosia that the Samaru fires, those only move at five. And so you could go ahead and use your HRMCs um, to shoot them down. Nice. So how does crew morale, you know, the old joke, the beatings will continue until morale improves as a ship takes line damage. Like that was always a factor, is it, you know. In, in older combat, it would specific, especially ships of the line. Sometimes, the ship's crew that held the longest won for virtue of just morale kept mm -hmm. them in the game. Because a lot of times it was where you were killed and destroyed when you ran, right? Uh, because then mm -hmm. you're you know you're opening yourself up to attack from from a strategic point. Does that factor into this crew morale? Um, morale does not, but uh, there are three ways your ship can die. Excuse me. Um, so the way damage occurs is you're hit and um, you're hit, you roll your saves, you miss damage. You have your shielding, which you get points of that stripped off first. Once that's been stripped away, then it starts to attack um, either your, basically your hacking systems, your weapon systems, or your thrusters. Um, and then, so each of your three areas on your ship, your prow, your midships, and both the midships are collapsed into one second, one section for damage, and then uh, your stern. Once your systems are, once one of your systems is stripped away, um, then damage goes through either killing the crew, um, destroying command and control and life support systems, or uh, damaging the reactor. 
And so you can lose your ship to either all of your crew, be crew being killed, you can lose your ship to all of your life supports and command and control is destroyed, so your crew abandoned ships, abandoned ship, or if your reactor is destroyed, your ship will, your reactor will go critical, you have a cascade failure, you will explode and cause damage. Um, and so there will be a template. And if your ship is, either your crew is all killed or your crew abandoned ship, then your ship's hulk will continue to drift in space on its last known trajectory and will be an obstacle for other folks to have to go and maneuver around. Nice. I got some okay. ideas for that. Okay. I got lots of, I got lots of ideas tinkering on in my head. Um, so was there anything about this game that we haven't talked about that you, you think they need to know? I mean, obviously you sold me just on the pretty pictures cause I, I backed it, but yeah. One of the things that I really like is the idea of banking your energy and making sure you've got things, um, banking the energy and making sure that you're planning a few steps ahead because it's not just a matter of it's like, Oh, I'm going to fire my main gun. It's a matter of it's like, Oh, do I have enough energy banks to go and fire my main gun? Have I assigned crew to the targeting systems to be able to go ahead and fire my main gun? Um, also looking at it, you can also go ahead and um, store energy. And so it's a matter of like, okay, am I going to make sure that I have enough reserve energy stored so that if I need to, I can fire my PDCs because if I've dumped all my energy and to fire my main gun and I don't have anything to assign to my PDCs, I'm just gonna have to take the hit and and move on to the net. That strategic thinking, that figuring out, okay, how am I gonna move or how am I gonna present um, my most armored part to my opponent as I'm in range of his weapons? How am I gonna go and close? Just that the beauty of the miniatures <laughs> sold me straight away, um, but just that, that strategic thinking that having to go and plan ahead, I really like that. So speaking of planning ahead, can you ran up, ran, can you run out of ammo for this, for your ships? You can. Um, the projectile weapons, so for example, on the Yujin uh, Destroyer, it's heavy railgun. You can fire six shots. And once you've gone through those six shots, you're done with the heavy railgun. Um, every ship does have at least one weapon system that doesn't have an ammo limitation. Um, but... Yeah, for the other ones, like if you've run out of ammunition, it's a matter of like, okay, let's just try and soak up fire or let's try and go ahead and make sure we get behind and try and use um, try and use what weapons we have remaining. So maybe to like chip away or work in conjunction with my other ship to go ahead and make that big difference. So in some games, there's a distinction between like the person that wants to be the tank, the damage dealer that soaks up points and, and deals damage than the the player that wants to do range combat. Is there room for those sort of iconic play styles in this kind of game? I've never played tabletop game before. I mean, I've done RPGs, but not a true tabletop game like this. That's why I'm asking. There, there is, um, for example, with the, um, with the Pano, Panasonia Samara class cruiser. Um, right now, if you, if it takes a, a hit on its frontal armor, Unless you have an armor-piercing effect on your weapon, you can't do damage to it. Its armor value is a 12, and for any of the values, it's a matter of I want to either hit or roll below the number. It's like, okay, you hit me. You don't have anything that's armor-piercing. That's armor My armor is a 12. That's fine. And so the Samara can just keep barreling towards you to go ahead and close to use this weapon. Um, the With the Morat frigate, 
um, the knife frigate, same kind of thing. It's um, it's got a heavily armored prow. It has decent maneuverability, but one of the effects it will have in the game is um, its prow is specifically armored so that it can go ahead um, and ram and not take any damage itself. And Ooh. so that's one of the things where, yeah, he's the Morax is like, yeah, we're going to ram you. We're going to cut you in half and we're not going to take any damage, but you are. <laughs> and so nice. you have you have that space to go ahead and um, you have that space to have those different things um, within the within the the lore of infinity as a whole, the specific alien race, the Shazvasti. Um, and their ship is in the last wave. It's the Shazvasti stealth destroyer. Um, they're sneaky, stab you in the back, folks. So very much, as it were, like the rogue or the rogue of a tabletop game or of a, an RPG. So they're very much looking to maneuver, shoot you in the back, kind of go and zip around and things like that, keeping you from being able to hit them because they're typically lightly armored and to go and have those, um, go ahead and do things that way. So I do have one last question for you. If you look at the game image from mm -hmm. the uh, from the website, it's glorious. If you're if you're um, listening, I really suggest you check the uh, fund the game link and uh, and go look at the art from the game, the images from actual gameplay. But those little tokens between the ships on our screen that are on the image, mm -hmm. if you want to see them, what do those little tokens represent? Those are going to represent the the projectile weapon fire, and okay. so. Um, each one of those projectiles is going to remain on the table for multiple turns. So um, looking at them with the smaller image, I'm pretty sure those are the plasma cannon from the Latraca. So what happens with your projectile weapon is it goes ahead and it fires. Um, it fires and it will travel its um, it will travel its velocity. And so for those plasma cannon tokens, it will travel eight inches and then it stops. At the beginning of the next turn, after you've made your energy allocations and you're trying to do things, it will move another eight inches. And the other side of it is green. So it'll go from it fires on green, it moves on green, flips to red. And then on the next turn, its third turn on the table, it will move and then go off the table. And so those are the, those are the specific weapon fire. Um, the plasma cannon, as it stands, the plasma cannon, the heavy railgun, their projectiles can't turn. Um, the heavy missiles of the Morat frigate, they can't, as they can make one facing change, so they can go and try and catch somebody. And the torpedoes that the Panoceanian cruiser fires, they can turn twice. So they'll go and shoot out the side of it, and then they can go and turn and, and move to try and go ahead and attack attack the, en the enemy. And you're going ahead and um, you're making so, okay, I have this is where this particular, particular projectile is going to move, so I have to avoid getting caught by it. Okay. One last question. The Does the game take into account celestial bodies or does the battlefield where the combat takes place sort of through plot reasons get that off the board? Is that something you have to factor in? Yes, you will have to factor that. Um, large celestial bodies like suns, planets, things like that, really not. But um, included in the core box will be at least two tokens for asteroids. Um, that you'll be able to go and place on the board, and then those will be some things that you'll have to go and maneuver around because there will be rules for, uh, for impacts and collisions. Okay, so you answered all my questions. It sounds like a fun game. I'm glad I backed it. Um, definitely 
I'm going to be getting more into it. Hopefully, at some point, you have options to allow people to play like digitally. If if you've got a game and they've got a game, somehow play uh, against your opponents, not local, because that would be fun. They that was actually the um, the last I checked. That was the crowdfunding goal, the stretch goal that had just been released. Released was to have a module for uh, Tabletop Simulator, which um, is available in Steam so that you can go ahead and play digitally against someone else. Awesome. Oh, nice. Nick, you're going down. And, I'm going to put that out okay. there. Yeah, Excuse you don't me. know anything about ships. I don't need to know. I've got lucky dice. I'm just going to throw that out there. With that being said, all right, so was there anything you wanted to tell us about this game before we wrap it up uh, that we didn't already ask? I think we've been pretty thorough. I agree. You've been fairly thorough. I just want to go ahead and say, um, again, it's – as I've been looking at it, as I've been doing demos um, with with locals and at some infinity tournaments and things like that, as I described it, when it's a game that uh, a high school girl initially plays once to humor her dad, and then says, "Can we play again?" That's a yeah. success. That that's a success that, for a game because it's yeah, yeah, that's a okay. big deal. Eat that's your heart out, Hasbro. <laughs> And they're crashing and burning because they didn't care about their players and you guys are thriving and I love it. All right. With that being said, um, obviously you're just a representative of, of Rampart Design, but how can we find Rampart online so we can uh, let our listeners know? And as usual, the links will be in the show notes. I'm sorry. just had a thing. Let me see. So they're at um, – you can go – to their website is based on their initial game takure so you can go to takure.com and it'll be in the show notes but that's t-a-k-k-u-r-e.com and that's rappers rampers page again takure t-a-k-k-u-r-e.com and that's rampers page Ah, freaking standing. This is the part of the interview, dear listener, where I remind you to please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right readers find the right books. But since we're talking about a game today, instead, I just encourage you to blast it all over your social media. uh, Fire and forget and tell all your friends about this awesome game and other awesome games you enjoy. Because if you want to stick it to the man, if you think Hasbro is ignoring you and giving you boring claptrap and you want better, then you kind of have to support the people that are giving it to you. And that, in this instance, is Asheron Fall. It looks amazing. I'm excited. Nick's excited. I'm going to beat him on the Steam game, and he will cry like a little bitch as I take him down. I'm just saying the gauntlet has been thrown. And if we can figure out how to film that, we're definitely going to put that on there for the air. If I manage to lose, I am sure the films will get lost. Don't know how that happened. Only victory allowed here. And with that being said, if we manage to get that episode, Randy, we will have you back to participate because why the hell Judy. not? Uh, if you win, it's acceptable. Nick is just not allowed to win. That is just the rules. Of I'm this not game. allowed to win. That's the rules in this house, too. Yeah. All right. Challenged you- me to Madden and he lost horribly. <laughs> you could find us on our link tree at L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E link tree slash Blasters of Blades podcast. Again, link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast, where we have all of the things, links, the rumble, the bit shoot, the Twitter, the email, the Blasters and Blades Facebook group and Facebook page. We have all of Madam Stabby Stab's links, including your email if you want to send a hate mail. 
we have our website over at anchor.fm slash blasters dash and dash blades again anchor.fm slash blasters tack and tack blades tabby does make people cry uh you can support us over on that website for as little as 99 cents a month you can help keep the lights on uh if you want to take bets over who wins nick or i like you know game's open uh we will know we have till next year you know to get that bet over there on vegas odds i'm just saying uh you could support the show more directly over at buymeacoffee.com slash author jr handley Again, buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Handley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast. And I promise I will keep my co-host, Nick Garber and Stabby Stab, and all the cool people over at Coffee Brand Coffee, duly caffeinated. Uh, we will drink until the Java pours out of our eyeballs. And, um, yeah, let's let's make that a bet, Nick. When we do this game, loser has to buy the other one a bag of coffee from Coffee Brand Coffee. You son of a bitch, I'm in. Oh, freaking standing. Randy's like, I don't know what these people are talking about. They're way too competitive for me. They're insane. It's okay. This is just how we roll. Uh, something about this game made me just, you know, want to play King of the Hill all over again. Do, do you find, Beautiful. like, pain rage when you're playing? Like, you just want to uh, scream? Uh, for myself, no. Uh, but, I, yeah, I know folks who do it. And I, <laughs> I can understand it. Not my vibe, but I know folks who do it. All right, all right. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For my crazy co-hosts, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. And I lied because we don't normally air episodes on Saturday night. This is a special one for you. Consider it Monday's gift early because why the hell not? And uh, with that being said, have a wonderful evening. Randy, thank you for coming. Thank you for taking my money. I am glad you reached out. My wallet, not so much. The IRS, who the hell cares? And with that. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. And we're done.